Hello, everybody. Welcome to Therapy Dog Talk. My name is Sherry. My pup's teams are Sunny and Riley. And each week we talk with different therapy dog teams around the world about the impact that they're making in their area. If you're just getting started or you're not sure where to get started, we have a free guide that you can find at freeguide.therapydogtalk.com. And we also have a free community. You can join at community.therapydogtalk.com. Today is a very special day because it is Celebrate Horses Day, which is all about celebrating the work that horses do and the impact that they make. And what better way to celebrate that than by talking to a miniature therapy horse? I know we normally talk to pups, but I'm very excited to look into what equine therapy looks like and how those teams are making an impact. It's a really important area and one that has really kind of pioneered this place, even though I think we talk about therapy dogs a lot more. When you look at the animal-assisted therapy world, animal-assisted interventions, a lot of it actually centers or begins with equine therapy or hippotherapy, depending on where you're looking at the research. But I'm very excited to see how that has been for Honey and her human. So I will get her in here. Hi, how are you? Good, how are you? I'm doing fantastic. Very excited to be here today. I'm so excited to have you here. <laughs> well, for those who don't know you, although it looks like we have a lot of horse friends in the house here, so probably a lot of people do know you. But would you like to introduce yourself and your horse? Absolutely. So my name is Mary Rose Galay. My therapy horse's name is Honey, although we have a few extra in our program now, but I'm the founder of Honey's Mini Therapy Adventures. That's very cool. How did you initially discover the work of therapy horses and get involved in this field? When I originally brought Honey home, I had no idea that miniature therapy horses did work. I didn't know that they, you know, went into hospitals. I had probably stumbled across it at one time because my mom actually used to work at one of the hospitals that we currently visit. And back in the early 2000s, well, like mid 2000s, there was a therapy horse that had actually been doing visits there. They no longer visit there anymore. But my mom, after I started doing all of this, she reflected back and was like, you know, I do remember meeting that horse in the hallway. And that was one of the best days I've ever had at work. And so we honestly had a family friend give us the idea. We brought her home. She was my daughter's second birthday present. So like I said, no intention to do this. I knew I wanted a super safe horse that my kids could jump around that I could turn my back to it and not have to worry that my daughter was going to get bit or kicked. You know, she would learn how to brush it, learn how to properly, really honestly learn how to properly love a horse. You know, not all horses, just like not all dogs. Some of them have certain temperaments that are great with kids and then some that are just not great with kids. So her temperament, the core of her is just that genuine sweet horse that doesn't offer to bite or kick yet people. After my friend gave me that idea, I slowly began to navigate this path and it was not a very well-beaten path. I mean, it's not like I could call very many people. It's not like the therapy dog organizations where, you know, there's a bunch of them locally. And so I found a few people along the way and a, a lot of them have become mentors and friends to me. And I kind of found like two boxes of people. And there's like this one first box that's like, you can't do this. Nobody else can do this. There's only one way to do this. This is the way that it has to be done. And then there's this other box of people that I found that they're just like, 
come join. This is the most incredible thing. Your community needs it. My community needs it. This is how I learned how to do it. This worked with one horse. This didn't work with another. And I will tell you that my box two people, they are amazing. And I love all of them. Some of them might even be joining in on this podcast because I know they're very excited just to see therapy horses. All of this discussion that's happening, it's just really, really cool because we're behind y'all. Therapy dogs have been doing this a lot longer than we have. And a lot of the same like training techniques that y'all would use, we use. But like I said, the equines are not dogs. So like getting them into the hospitals, it's been a huge barrier. Getting them into some nursing homes. I mean, schools, like it's not as well recognized. You know, people immediately are like, no, you're not bringing a horse in here. And once we do it or we find that right person to say yes and get us into the facility and we start, they're like, when can you come back? Can you? I, I mean, this was unbelievable. And I always like to say that the therapy dogs that we meet, because everybody compares it, you know, what's different between the therapy dog and a therapy horse? And I was like, well, I don't think that one is better than the other. I'm a dog person too. I have a dog right down by my foot right now. I think they help us in different ways. But I think your average household has a dog in it or the neighbor down the road had a dog or their therapist had a dog or their teacher had a dog and people get exposed to it. Not everyone has a horse and not everyone has a tiny horse. I mean, sometimes like people have never met such tiny horses before. So there's just that uniqueness to it, I think. And I always say the therapy dogs get excited to meet the therapy horses in the hospital. And we're just as excited to see other teams and meet them and see them out. We follow a lot of them on Facebook and we collect all of the trading cards. Every single therapy dog that I have met in person, I don't know if they know this, but I do have all of their cards. <laughs> That's so, amazing. Yeah, I think that I originally I, came across you because Woody had promoted you. I think it was Woody the Bassett. Okay, so her and I have wanted to meet each other since before the pandemic hit. We had discussed it, started following on Facebook, and we've kept in touch through the whole pandemic, too. And she messaged me. She's like, they're bringing the therapy dogs back. And I was like, yes, I got an email, too. And then I like messaged her a couple of days later. I was like, so they didn't let the horses back. It's not approved yet. The dogs got approval, but we haven't gotten approval yet. It was actually almost a full year after the dogs got approval to return that the horses did. So, and we understood. I understand that, like I said, we're still behind y'all in this. You know, we're still breaking down barriers and we're learning to advocate. And I think we've proved that there's a need for the service. And so it's only, you know, up from here. Yeah. I was saying before you joined on that actually a lot of what happens to animal assisted therapy starts with horses. So it's really interesting that in the volunteer world, it's kind of flip flopped <laughs> because it's easier to bring a dog into volunteer. Absolutely. Yeah. So we actually were the very first therapy horse team for Altamont. Like I said, there's been other people in front of me that have walked down paths. But as far as like joining the volunteer team, getting a badge, getting that little card. It, it was Honey and I, our first visit was at Altamont Springs Advent Health, June of 2019. And it was actually like, it was my 30th birthday. I was so excited. I mean, I know most people don't go volunteer on their birthdays, but it was just, it's the coolest thing I've ever done. So giving back the way that these horses give back to our community, it's amazing to be a part of. I mean, I feel very privileged that I even fell into this work every day that I go out on a visit. People look and you get those responses. People thank you for being out there. And I'm just like, no, thank you for letting me be a part of those moments that we're a part of. And we just feel so lucky when they thank us that we're just reminded at how needed the service is and 
how worth all of the hard work that actually goes in behind the scenes. Because that's what I think is a little different from the therapy dogs to the horses. We have kind of walked into this volunteer world behind the dogs. And I get so many people that are like, oh, well, the therapy dogs, they do this. And I was like, well, I understand, but they're horses. So I get up at 630 in the morning and I have to bathe the horse. And then we typically get to wherever we're going at about 930. So it takes them like three hours to drive. I go about an hour and a half radius around my farm. I live very rurally. I don't live in the city. So most of the hospitals aren't down the road from my house. Most of them are over at least 55 minutes from my doorstep. It's just different. Their care is different. They're more expensive to maintain the level of care. I mean, I think our vet bills probably can be pretty equivalent, but I know that most of my horse vet bills are more expensive than my dog vet bills. Then there's, you know, the insurance liability aspect. I know that some therapy dog programs, they have an insurance liability. You put equine into anything and there's that risk factor, you know, but all of those difficult aspects of it, it's far trumped by the good, positive, everything. So are you registered through an organization or how did you address that insurance piece of it? So we looked at like Mm -hmm. pet partners that has therapy horses in them. And we opted to actually not go that route because we felt like there was a couple of loopholes as far as like the insurance. And if I remember correctly, their insurance policy is like a $50 buy-in and, you know, you represent their organization, you're volunteering on their behalf. That's your way of getting into the hospital. So I have my own nonprofit organization. I really didn't feel that that policy was going to cover me as far as like equine Because like I said, that risk, I mean, we have to have signs on our farms, liability releases. There's just a little bit more danger to a horse than a dog. I mean, I have a 300 pound animal that can, you know, bite, kick, run someone over, all kinds of things. It's just a little bit of a different risk. So we chose not to go with pet partners because you also are not supposed to like dress the horses up, you know, put unicorns on them, all of that Mm -hmm. kinds of stuff. I don't normally dress my horses up, but I have in the past. So I just didn't want there to be like this one loophole that like just didn't totally cover me. So And also, I guess this is a unique aspect of it. Pet partners, they require the horses to be house trained. Mm -hmm. Well, that's probably, I think it's another like part of the conversation, but one of the most surprising aspects of the training. When I first started this, I really truthfully didn't believe you could house train a horse. I didn't. I mean, I'm going to just be honest. If you look at our pictures, our horses do wear, they're called potty bags, diaper, whatever you want to call them. And my horses are house trained, but I still have them wear it. A lot of the hospitals, all the horses that have come before us have all used those bags. So infection control prefers them to have it. I didn't actually have a house trained horse when I first started, but we were affiliated with the American Miniature Therapy Horse Association, which allowed the use of potty bags. So that was my first question. I sat down in this seminar and I was like, anybody have any questions? I was like, yeah, because I'm going to waste my time. I'm going to waste my time and your time. What do we do about this? And he said, well, horses can be house trained. I kind of chuckled to myself. And then he said, but we also use these diapers. And I had cloth diapers. I used them on my kids. They're essentially like a cloth diaper for a horse. Horses have a way of humbling us and proving us wrong. And honey house trained herself. And it makes sense to me now looking back hindsight's 2020. So those bags apply slight pressure. Every time that she would use it, I would push her tail down and push her back and say, don't do that. And then we'd go out to the trailer and I'd dump it out into the trailer and she watches. I mean, she's observant. It's not like she's not paying attention to what I'm doing. She's watching everything that I do every time. And it was probably like our fourth or fifth visit. She had a number one accident in a nursing home and I was freaking out. I mean, my heart was like, here, I'm like, 
breathing, like I can't breathe right. And I'm cleaning it all up because I have this infection kit. And the nurses, they're like, it's all right. This is fine. And they said, it's okay. The therapy dogs have had an accident are here too, you know? And so I became more comfortable, but honey knew I was freaking out inside because horses can hear your heartbeat within four feet. So she watches my facial expressions. She's been with me through those nursing homes and she knew that I was not freaking out any other time. After that day, I kid you not, I started loading her on the horse trailer. I take that bag off and she'd park out and she'd go to the restroom. And I was like, that's a fluke. <laughs> and the, it was not a fluke. Every single time you load her onto the horse trailer now, she parks out and she goes and she's helped us. Horses just go automatically number two when you put them on a horse trailer. So like we just reward the behavior. As we've continued training, the other horses have learned from the other horses. And then it's the only training aspect that we reward with treats. We don't do any training with treat rewarding except for using the restroom. We're not in a facility at that point. So we're not using it when we're working with people. So it's helped. And then eventually once they're trained, it just simply goes into a good job, go body. You know, people will come out and like watch after we've gone into a facility or we'll have to say, oh, they're pawing. That normally means that they need to go out and walk them out of the grass, the park, nothing goes. And then we can go back in and finish out the visit. And so there's five or six rooms left. It all just depends. So... But yeah, yeah, Sugarfoot, the therapy horse <laughs> is agreeing with you in the comments. They said the accidents can happen, but we're prepared to clean up kids. Yeah. So it is. And like I said, those diapers are, they're about as effective as a human diaper. I mean, if it's not in the right spot and they have an accident or if it's not positioned properly, like I've walked into a school where the kids just moved all of the gear around and stuff. And I've noted when I go to take it off, I'm like, well, that wouldn't have worked at all. Thank goodness something didn't happen. But that's probably my biggest fear of what could go wrong on a therapy horse visit. And I will tell you that the times that we have had a minor accident here or there in the big scheme of things, we've been doing it for five years. The facility is so understanding. And like I said, we carry infection kits. And I think that with those potty bags that we have on our horses, I would have had the confidence to do this work. I never would have the guts to walk into a facility. So I'm always encouraging of new teams to do when it gets started. I'm happy to mentor, help, teach. It's such a needed service. And I've helped teams all over the United States get started. I've got a team up in Pennsylvania that's doing just phenomenal. She's already got a second one in her program. Most horse people, that's their biggest fears too. And I will say that it's a time thing when it's you getting to know the horse I know that there's some tips and secrets and there's other people that are probably way better at, you know, teaching their horses to house train, but we've learned so far. It's been a learning curve. And I think if you keep the mindset that you never stop learning, each horse is going to teach us something different. Each horse is going to be unique to train. What worked for one horse to get it on an elevator might not work for the next horse, you know, so it's all just a learning yeah. curve. Yeah. Bria, the therapy dog in the comments, said they had an accident recently as well. So they can relate to that, but they had some help cleaning it up. And then Sugarfoot said that facilities really want to see us come back. They see the incredible impact in their residents, which is, I think, a great way to pivot into. Do you have any stories that stand out to you of the impact that you've seen Honey make and why you really enjoy doing this work? Yeah, so I have tons. I probably should start writing a book. The hospital that we saw Woody at, we recently returned back to that. There was an email that went out for pet therapy requests. And I don't have approval in all of the Advent Health to go to patient rooms. It's just different. Sometimes we're only allowed in the lobby. Some hospitals let us do patient rooms. And that particular one, 
we hadn't been given permission yet. So I messaged Jerry and I said, hey, I rearranged my morning. I don't know if that email was to me, but I'm going to come. I'll be at the hospital. If you want to do a patient room visit, I'm happy to, or I can just hang out in the lobby. Well, he actually, he called the doctor and the doctor absolutely brain horse. And so we went, I didn't know where we were going, but we went to the 11th floor. It was actually neurological. I believe it was an ICU. So we had to have super special approval to be there because most of the time, even the dogs aren't allowed to be there. But it was for someone who had had a seizure and they had had surgery. And so they were in the recovery processes and they want to make sure that they can feel, they can see, they can do everything. So they wanted to know if he was going to respond to the touch. So we came into the room and you know, it's just a very quiet environment. Mom and dad smiles on their face. Thank you for coming in. And I'm a social worker, so I'm very like empathetic and I couldn't imagine being in those parents' shoes. So I was interacting with him. He sat up out of bed. He reached down. He was petting honey. She just had her little nose just kind of like set on the bed and he just kept moving his fingers back and forth, back and forth. And I could get yes and no responses out of him. You know, I just kind of said, this is honey. And he smiled and his mom, you hear his mom and she just, uh, hold on, wait, I got to find my phone. I don't even know where it is. I haven't, oh, hold on. Let me, let me find my phone. She gets it and she goes, smile again, smile again. She took a picture. She looked at me. She goes, it's the first time I've seen him smile since he had surgery. And I was just like, I mean, I have goosebumps. Like I still can't even believe I was there for these moments for that family. Then as we went to leave, we went to turn around and walk out the door and he goes, she's really fat. And his mom and his dad burst into laughter. And, you know, you think seizures, you know, sometimes they say things they're not, you know, it's not really. So mom was so apologetic. And I was like, no, it's totally okay. They were like, but he talked like we got a smile. We got to talk like we got response. Like it was just unbelievable. So that's one of my most recent ones that I feel so thankful to be a part of. They have no idea the impact that they made on me. And then probably the very first visit that really made me decide that this is what I wanted to do with horses for the rest of my life. I met an older lady with Alzheimer's and dementia. She was at a local nursing home here just south of where I live in a small little town called Dade City, Florida. We brought her in and I didn't know much about Alzheimer's and dementia. And she kind of just followed me all around and she told me all these stories and she told me bits and pieces. And it was on a repetitive basis. We were there for about an hour. And it was maybe 20 people in the room. So she kept coming back over to the horse and just petting it. And there had been this lady that had stood off at the side. And I'm like, that's got to be like the executive director making sure that like my horse isn't going to bite or kick anybody. She was infatuated with what was happening. I mean, she had her eyes glued on us the whole time. So she told me about her little pony that was rotten when she was little and it bitter and kind of looked like honey, but was a little bit bigger. And then she shifted to a different period of her life where she was a jockey club racer or she was a trainer. She wasn't allowed to race because females weren't allowed to be the jockey racers. And she was still very upset about it. Then she shifted to when she had kids and she talks about her daughter and the different types of riding her daughter did. She talked about her daughter's horse. Her daughter had like 12 acres, 20 acres down the road and honey needed to come live with her. And I looked at her and I was like, I'm so sorry, but honey's my daughter's worst. And if I don't come home with her pony today, I'm going to be the world's worst mom. And as I left that facility, there was actually a therapy dog and another horse that was like kind of training and doing what we were. They had already walked out and that lady came over and she stopped me. She grabbed me by my shoulder and she said, I don't know what made you bring your tiny horse here today. She goes, but I hope that you never stop doing it. And I was like, oh yeah, like, it was, it was so wonderful, you know, the responses. And she goes, 
no, you, you don't quite understand. She said, you've given me a gift today that I've not received in five years. She goes, I saw my mom today. I can tell you that there is a need. You could just focus on pediatrics. You could just focus on going to schools. You could just focus on the veteran population. You could just focus on the seniors. There is such a need. I just think you do a disservice to people's community when you don't encourage new people getting involved. You know, some people are like, oh, well, they could steal your business. They're not going to steal my business. We're a nonprofit organization. And this is a needed service. Every single hospital in the United States needs one. Every nursing home, all the schools. I mean, obviously not every day we can't work our horses five days a week. They maybe only go out one to two days a week at the most. That's why we have so many of them so that we can rotate them and do all of the hospitals that we do. But in all honesty, I think across the United States, and I'm probably being a little generous in saying this, there's probably only maybe... 40 to 50 hospital systems that have therapy horses that are visiting them. So it's not like every state has a therapy. I don't think there's a team in like Utah. There's states that don't even have other therapy horses that are doing this type of work. And it's very much so like the on-site riding traditional therapy programs, but you take it portably. You reach those areas. You can go into a Baker Act facility where nobody is allowed to leave, but we can come in. You can't take those patients and those clients to an equine therapy facility because there's just too much risk. So I've seen a program in Atlanta that visits correctional facilities. I mean, you think of what y'all are doing with the therapy dogs where they're having people train them and then they're getting adopted out through the shelter programs. I'm just fascinated by it, but I see them going into the correctional facilities and I'm like, oh, wow, like that's so cool. If you think you have a horse that has the temperament or have the ability to get a horse with the temperament and you have the time to volunteer, not everybody has the time to volunteer, but it's the coolest thing I've ever done with horses. So kind of my life's mission is to see this keep going. It doesn't necessarily need to be Honey's Mini Therapy Adventures. You could start your own program and do your own thing, but it's just cool. I hope to see it on a widespread yeah. scale. There's been a lot of things in the comments. Sugarfoot said, we have a few members of ours in the chat. Someone else mentioned that they love volunteering on visits to see the impact that you and Honey make. And putting the, just commented and said, hi, I'm autistic and I have some other things, but I own horses and many animals and horses are so special. My amazing boy helps so much with my mental health, which really reminds me a lot of people probably don't realize this, but in the ADA, it's actually horses and dogs that can be service animals specifically. And so it's really interesting because mm-hmm. I don't think I've ever seen a miniature horse service animal. And I know that they have more limitations than service dogs, but it just kind of reminded me of that. Yeah. So honey can actually alert okay. oncoming panic attacks. We have another horse that can do that as well. They have to be really in tune with their handler to do that mm-hmm. type of thing. I would say that people with autism, it really helps them with like emotional regulation, especially you think of like learning to communicate with horses. Like we communicate with that. And I'm sure that some of this relates to therapy dogs, but we communicate with them without using our words. So someone with autism that can't always process things and get things out the correct way. Sometimes the horses can help in that aspect. You know, I mentioned earlier that horses can hear your heartbeat within four feet. They also emit an energy that's larger than humans. It's called a heart rhythm pattern. I think this study was done through like heartmath.org. It pops up and circulates on Facebook every now and then. If I see it, I'll send it to you. But it basically talks about how humans, we put an orb out 
but horses put out an orb 10 times larger than a human. So once you're in their energy field, their heart can connect with ours and reduce it and bring down our stress and anxiety. And so I don't think dogs can do that. I mean, I haven't seen a study that specifically says that, but it makes a lot of sense because a horse knows when you're scared of it. When I was a kid, I didn't really believe that was true. I'd be like, I'm not scared of that horse. When really that horse terrified me because he tried to buck me off and kill me like four times. And every time I got on him, my heart would like, and he knew. So he just had to do the thing that he knew was going to make me get off of him. Well, looking back now, I understand why they know that we're scared. And that's why I said not every horse is a good therapy horse because they have not been a good yeah. therapy horse. Yeah. <laughs> not all dogs are good therapy dogs either. <laughs> For sure. For right, sure. right, right. I just saw one of the things in there that says that Honey is a service animal and a therapy horse. And yeah, she absolutely can mitigate a task. I have PTSD from multiple childhood traumas. So that alone has given me the lens and understanding the empathetic aspect and that service that horses do provide that can help us heal, like alerting panic attacks, kind of just being there sometimes to let you know that everything's going to be okay. I think it also kind of relates to why I do the work that I do because I understand how they can help people heal. And this just has given me the ability to show people that on a portable scale. I'm going to do this for the rest of my life. I just graduated with my master's social work. I'm finishing out my clinicals and my goals are to shift back to grant writing. I'd love to help other programs have therapy courses. So like training them and maybe putting them into other programs long-term, not any time in the next couple of years, but maybe 10, 15 years down the road. I have so many dreams and aspirations to see what the horses can do yeah. in the therapy world. Well, Mary, is there any Thing else that you wanted to share while you're here? I'll talk animal assisted therapy anytime, any day, all day long. But I think we got a lot of it covered. I think what a lot of people probably have questions about. And if anybody wants to continue the conversation, we're following you. I'm listening to your podcast. I listened to it earlier today, going and picking up my kids. I love learning. We've learned a lot from the therapy dogs. We're going to continue and we'd love to help anybody else. Very nice. All right. Well, thank you so much. It was really great talking to you and I hope you and Honey have a great day. Absolutely.